trending news right now. So let's look at what's happened in the world of social media in the last 72 hours, wrapping up the weekend. It's Monday, joined by Mpumelelo Mashifane, 013 publisher, journalist and social commentator this Monday morning. How are you today, Mpumelelo? Good morning, good morning, Asanda, and to the listeners at home. I'm well and you? I'm good, thank you very much. And how was the weekend? Uh, the weekend was fabulous, uh, It was nice, uh, nice and chilled. But uh, yeah, I've spent most of it with family um, and just relaxing. I feel like everybody was at the Miss Essay. I thought you'd say you went there as well. If you're saying it was a fabulous weekend, you saw some fabulous dresses there. I feel like that's all I saw uh, on social yeah, media, people and... posting that they were there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you and I me. were chilling at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just watching it from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so residents in Salin and Limpopo were celebrating there, the hometown of the newly crowned Miss Essay in Davi Nokeri. And they are saying they are so delighted in, in her winning and how she's going to inspire more girls in the rural areas. Yeah, absolutely. Limpopo taking the crown yet again uh, for the second time and I think as many years. And I think uh, a lot of ladies from Limpopo sending out their shout-outs to say thank you for representing us. Uh, thank you for standing up to the world stage on behalf of all of us who come from and sometimes just say turn in forgotten areas. Um, and I think uh, in the past uh, course of uh, three, four years, this has been uh, really the shining story of this essay pageant. You know, it's really been able to unearth um, a talent from far areas in South Africa and through the beauty that exists um, even in the most um, not so thought of places. Yeah. So I understand she's the first Songa woman to be crowned uh, a Miss Essay. So history has been created there by the 23-year-old. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, the other time we had uh, the first vendor lady to be crowned, and uh, the one before Lalela Masana. My name's um, uh, her name for, uh, uh, using her right now. But, um, I, I, yeah, also interesting about her is that really she, she only started uh, a pageantry about four years ago when she was 19. She entered a pageant when she was five years old. But uh, coming from a rural village, um, it, it, she didn't think it, 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 was, it was something so powerful and something so life-changing. It's only when she got to the other team. And she really took it up as something serious. Yeah. Uh, she realized that uh, pageantry has the power to alter, um, you know, people's states of mind. It has the power to 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 effect massive change on a person's uh, personal life and development. And and it was this that uh, she wanted to take forward in her reign as Miss South Africa to take it out to uh, you know the rural villages, really inspire young girls, young women, uh, to believe in themselves, uh, that even though they come from any any area, uh, whatever their personal circumstances are, they can stand on the world stage and wear that diamond crown. Mm. And talking about the power of pageantry that she touched on, what are her focus areas going to be during her reign? We know she's got a BCom in investment management. Yeah, um, she, she, she says she's going to be pursuing the issue of education. 
mm-hmm. and she's really going to be going out to schools uh, to to inspire girls to go out there and get an education for themselves, be independent, uh, shape their own destinies. And I think uh, that's uh, something that uh, she, that's going to be the hallmark of of her, of her reign. What does she win? What does she walk away with? I mean, her prizes amount to three million rand in in uh, in um, value. What's actually part of the package? Yeah, I think there's a million rand prize tag, uh, cash prize, there's a car, um, you know, and all sorts of other goodies. Uh, but uh, yeah, she's 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 uh, really in it now. She's there. She's arrived. Yeah. Ne? Uh, the host uh, at the award, um, at the uh, pageant, uh, Anel Mdota, announced that there will be changes in terms of the criteria now uh, for next year and what they look for for the finalists entering Miss Essay. Uh, these changes, what do you make of them? The previously married people will now be able to compete. Also those with children can compete. Yeah, I think the people at Miss South Africa are not going to be so chuffed about it uh, because, you know, uh, this criteria has been uh, rigid for such a long time Mm -hmm. uh, that Miss South Africa is only eligible to be entered by women who have never been married, who don't have children. Literally, um, Miss, uh, you know, there's two different misses. There's M-I-S-S and there's M-S. But we we say we tend to use them interchangeably. When I did English, uh, you know, we're taught to separate them. M-S was Ms and uh, M-I-S-S was Ms. So it seems uh, the pageant organizers doing away with that, uh, you know, in an effort to be more inclusive, I suppose, uh, given societal changes in, in the way society now is, uh, more women um, uh, have children uh, at a sort of a younger age, uh, sometimes in circumstances, and I think uh, maybe that has that has uh, been uh, the influence. Some women get married quite young, get divorced quite young. You know how many people I know, Asanda, who have gotten married and been divorced in six months. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, you know, and and you find that somebody is still 22 years old, okay, but now they divorcee, and and therefore, uh, if they were to decide to pursue their dream of pageantry following that, um, they would not otherwise have been allowed to. But uh, as from 2023, uh, pageant organizers saying that uh, they'll definitely be allowing women who have been married and uh, or who have had children to also partake. It's interesting because it's like for me, on the one hand, do we go for inclusivity at the expense of losing the original concept or what it was meant to be in the first place? Or we just, I guess, discard everything and move with the times. It's an interesting one. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel either. How about it? You know, um, I think, you know, the distinction I was making between the this and this are... Uh. Um, uh, 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 are quite uh, dominant factors in this. And I think um, we don't quite know what uh, kind of spanner it will throw into the world and or how much it will change the dynamics of the pageant. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, hashtag ANC Northwest Conference. The ANC Northwest, the, uh, the provincial conference, adjourning later this evening after the election of five provincial officials. So... Currently, delegates are, v- are voting. 
Yeah, um, delegates were voting uh, about a couple of minutes ago. Asanda. They were uh, members of the media were called uh, back to plenary as the announcement um, was about to be made uh, just before four. So none of uh, the news channels have been scanning them and trying to see if anybody's going live. Uh, I don't think any of the video journalists are awake at this time to take us to the conference, but I, I have it on good authority that uh, those results are probably being announced as we're speaking right now. Uh, hectic weekend uh, for the ANC in the Northwest. Uh, we know that uh, they previously tried to hold their, their elective conference, I think, in June, uh, which collapsed uh, due to, you know, uh, factions warring amongst each other and uh, the threat of court, court interdicts and all of that over uh, the issue of credentials. It was then suspended and postponed um, and to, to, to this weekend. But, uh, you know, I think one of the messiest conferences we've seen out of the provinces uh, since conference season began, uh, simply because you've had about five to seven people contesting each position, uh, Asanda. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been uh, really, really, really something out of uh, probably some political uh, playbook. Uh, you know, in Pumalanga at some point, uh, we thought we had a crisis uh, when we had about five people uh, wanting to vie for the chairperson position. But uh, I think it's certainly unprecedented to have five candidates for the chairpersonship, five candidates for the deputy chairpersonship, seven candidates for the for the uh, 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 provincial secretary position. Um, and uh, one of the big news then coming out, uh, whilst people have been trying to figure out and analyze what does this mean mm. in terms of the divisions in the province, in terms of the unity of the party, in terms of its objectives of unity and renewal, um, uh, one of the big news to come out was uh, former uh, uh, premier and chairperson, Suprama Umapilo, withdrawing out of that nomination process uh, for, 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 for those. A lot of speculation coming out of that. A lot of people saying that uh, he was going to court and all of that. But of course, uh, he came out and said, no, uh, we had conversations amongst ourselves as, 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 as comrades. Um, I was approached by a certain grouping to say, no, uh, we sort of stand by the same thing. And uh, we had intentions of nominating you at the national conference. Um, so uh, can you please withdraw out of this just so that uh, um, we can apply a bit of effective political management to the situation? Mm. And um, that, 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 that is uh, what was sort of the only story, big story that has come out uh, of that conference this weekend. But uh, we're certainly looking forward to, to um, seeing what kind of leadership core that comes out. I spoke to a colleague who was at the conference uh, about the dynamics, about trying to understand what is actually going on inside the end. Um, he's saying that, uh, you know, there's a, a, a lot of different splittings. You know, there are people who are aligned to President Sarah Ramaphosa. There are people who are of the REP camp. There are people of the newly formed Adiwele uh, you know, grouping uh, that we saw emerge out of the Falten conference and, and, and sort of spill over into the KZN conference. And I've, uh, they've, they've had to now come together, and it seems like the RUT and the Adiwele uh, people uh, uh, have somehow decided to 
club together and see if they can put up a formidable force against uh, uh, the other groupings, particularly one sympathetic or supportive to President Cyril Ramaphosa. So um, my best bet is that probably Nana Muloy is, is going to emerge, as well as former Youth League uh, Deputy Secretary General Tineto Mesenehu, um, uh, as on a ticket of, of young people uh, or the next generation actually taking over because uh, that is what the Adiwele grouping is really about. It's, it's about saying the old people should cross the river now. They must well up to the other side uh, so that young people can take over. Mm. Let's take a short break and then we'll continue on this very same point. Hashtag ANCNW conference. We're in conversation with 013 publisher, journalist and social commentator Bumelelo Mashifane talking trending news looking at the past 72 hours. Trending news right now. Alright, so we continue then in conversation with Bumelelo Mashifane on the trending news. Uh, still on the topic of the ANCNW conference. As you speak of different groupings, Pumelelo, I mean, and, and also looking at that, there's an unprecedented number of uh, those who have shown interest in the top five positions there in the province. What does it indeed indicate in your view? Is it an indication of divisions like Kosatu analyzed? What, what do you think? I think, um, you know, the, the Northwest has faced uh, great uh, instability, political instability since 2018. Um, we know that following the 2017 conference, there was something that, uh, you know, came uh, almost came across like somewhat of a purge uh, that was orchestrated through uh, very violent means, uh, where you had a radical grouping that just went maniac in the northwest, burning down everything, uh, you know, and demanding uh, a supermobile to be removed. Indeed, the NEC coming in and um, uh, installing an interim provincial committee back then. Mm. And it is this interim provincial committee that has run the affairs of the Northwest ever since 2018, uh, right through two elections, uh, the 2019 national elections and the 2021 uh, local government elections, uh, overstaying their term, which was rumored, which was originally said to be nine months as an interim structure to be able to provide political stability and uh, take the province to conference, which did not happen until uh, today. And uh, and I think that this this kind of contestation is as a result of that political suppression, that political management that has been managed over structures and branches of the ANC in order to try and achieve a desired outcome for one faction of the ANC. Um, we know that it doesn't always work. Um, in Bumalanga, we had a similar situation, the problem mm. failing to uh, go to conference ever since uh, the former chairperson was elevated to become the deputy president ever since 2018, same situation. Uh, and even though you didn't have Uh, mm. because there's such a vacuum.
different groupings with different interests coming into the space and trying to contest the space uh, in order to capture that kind of um, political power because oftentimes it translates into into state power. Mm. Well, let's, uh, we're also going to be looking at the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein later this morning when the ruling pertaining to our former president Jacob Zuma's release on medical parole is expected to be heard. Yeah, uh, sorry, just just, just, in, just before we pass the Northwest Conference, um, I think mm-hmm. I was right about a couple of minutes ago, Asanda, uh, Nana Muller has been elected uh, the, as the chairperson of the Masters. Oh, well, there we go. Results, those results are coming in, and uh, I think uh, they should be out in the next uh, 10 minutes uh, also. But yeah, um, all eyes are going to be at the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein today as President uh, Jacob, former President Jacob Zuma goes to court in order to uh, overturn a high court ruling that ordered him uh, back to custody following his uh, uh, him being granted medical parole just two months after um, he was incarcerated in July last year uh, for contempt of court. Uh, obviously, um, Afro Forum, uh, the Helen Susman Foundation, and, and others are going to, to court uh, to overturn the decision of uh, uh, former Correctional Services uh, Commissioner Arthur Frazier, who granted uh, former President Zuma uh, the medical parole. Uh, Afro Forum are arguing that uh, he didn't really uh, have uh, the the right to 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 overrule the parole board's uh, recommendations and grant the medical parole, and that uh, they arguing that uh, Zuma was not uh, uh, terminally ill uh, at the time. But also interestingly, what they also sought uh, the kind of release they also sought from the court was. Uh, to say that uh, the current time that uh, uh, the former president has spent outside of incarceration since he was released on medical parole um, be seen as uh, or be discarded really as a time uh, done for uh, his sentence and and that he should actually go back uh, and regardless of the time that he's been on parole, he still needs to serve the 15-month sentence, uh, of which, if, if that argument holds, which means he would still have another 13 months uh, to be incarcerated. Uh, of course, uh, the Jacob Zuma Foundation coming out strongly against this. Zanel uh, Emanuel um, was on the media yesterday saying this is absurd. Uh, somebody who's on parole is serving their sentence because their movements are restricted. They are confined to one place, mm. and uh, they require uh, the permission of their parole officer in order to move anywhere outside of the magisterial district, uh, of which in this case is in Ganja. Um, uh, and therefore, uh, it would seem that um, that is going to be quite contested, uh, and it's going to be giving rise to a lot of contention. Um, a lot of President Jacob Zuma's supporters uh, are, are, are seen to, to, to be mobilizing to go to the to the Bloemfontein um, Supreme Court of Appeal, sorry, not the Bloemfontein, uh, yeah, the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein. Yeah. Um, and uh, we can expect uh, a packed uh, courthouse uh, both inside and outside 
as as, as the former president's supporters uh, come to rally behind him. All right. Well, and there's also, I mean, this being a lead up to his uh, corruption trial set for October 17. So there's still that one that we'll be talking about. Uh, let's talk hashtag my name is Rieva, a documentary or docuseries that's uh, launched. It's going to be starting on the 25th of August, looking at her life. 21 years old she was when she died on Valentine's Day back in 2013. Yeah, um, it'll be 10 years uh, next Valentine's in February. Uh, Asanda, since that fateful morning, we all woke up to the shocking news that, you know, one of South Africa's most celebrated athletes had, uh, you know, shot his, his girlfriend uh, in, in, in the bathroom of, of his home. Um, and, uh, yeah, nine years, I think it's been a sad story, very emotional story for South Africans uh, who have followed uh, the case throughout an uh, emotional roller coaster from the trial period being broadcast uh, to so many things that have happened. You know, the story of the family and the devastation of Ruben's parents uh, featuring prominently in that narrative as well. But, uh, now Emmett uh, commissioning a three-part uh, docuseries to to share the life of River, uh, the kind of person she was, you know, uh, right from uh, her childhood to her teens to her going to varsity and and and, and achieving her undergraduate qualification, uh, pursuing her passion in modelling, and uh, coming to to meet Oscar. And and, and, and and that series also giving certain details of what happened on that fateful night. Will it not end up being about her Paralympic uh, boyfriend, Oscar Pistorius, though? I mean, it does look at the circumstances around her death. And maybe maybe that's why the parents actually decided to endorse this project, so that it doesn't become a, a, a death-made-me-famous type of a story when they look into her life completely. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think um, you know whenever you've got two sort of enigmatic characters, the bigger one will will always take um, the narrative or off the story, and I think that's what happened in the Oscar stories. Uh, while the story of Riva and the tragedy of her death at such a young age, when she had such a promising future, uh, was quite tragic, but. What got lost in the narrative was also the tragedy of such um, a decorated athlete, uh, someone who had achieved so much and and had all of that lost in an instant. Uh, and and I and I think that story has been the one that came to the fore. No matter how much you try to you tell the story, that story would always uh, or that narrative would always find uh, more expression or more elevation. Uh, uh, in the narrative, and I think uh, the parents of 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 Camp are really uh, giving their blessings to the producers and directors of the series, saying that uh, they feel that uh, it paints uh, a picture of their daughter, and they will really open up her life mm. and the kind of person she was uh, to the world, um, for them to understand that she she wasn't just an accessory to. Um, you know, to a, a famous and decorated athlete, and she she wasn't just an achu, you know, um, yeah. sort of uh, situation, but she was a person in her own right. She she had dreams. Uh, she had worked hard in her life to achieve her dreams, 
uh, she had gotten involved with somebody, uh, you know, who who, who was seen as, as as quite of a high stature in society. But but this has ha- had happened, and 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 I think uh, you know all of that clubbed together becomes the tragedy of it. Uh, you know, and I think. Um, uh, you know, all other documentaries or films that have been made have really focused on 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 Oscar Pistorius, the tragedy of of. Mm. His, so it would be great to see a, a different side of the story, and definitely her story, if it's going to help the family in their healing journey. I'm all for it. Let's end on Chippa United registering their first win of the season. They defeated Orlando Pirates one uh, 0 during uh, a match in Soweto. Yeah, it's been hashtag Soweto the whole weekend. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, on Saturday, uh, Mamuleti Sundowns um, giving a full new clobbering to to Cable Cheese, and just as London Pirates fans were having a big laugh at Cable Cheese, um, they got their own uh, uh, beating on Sunday, and so that's why hashtag Soweto has been trending the weekend uh, because. All sorts of jokes and news have been on Twitter mm-hmm. about, um, you know, uh, the Soweto Giants not being so giant anymore and and really being given a, a hiding by by really um, the other teams, particularly Mamaledi Santos. But Chippa United really uh, surprising a lot of people, uh, beating a lot of pirates, even though it was just a uh, uh, slight margin for one nil mm. uh, goal uh, line. But... Um, yeah, I think the broader the broader hashtag was about actually the two Soweto Giants uh, getting um, a hiding over the weekend. All right, let's leave it on that note then. And thanks again for joining us. It's always great to catch up with you. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Shafanda. Top of the morning to you and to the listeners at home. And have a great week ahead. Thank you. Pumelelo Mashifane is 013 Publisher news publisher, a journalist and uh, social media commentator.